3: April 6th welcome in one and all Mike Wright Jason Moore Andy Holloway back at it more rookies more chitter chatter about the rookies or chitter chatter
4: more pitter patter
3: all of those (laughs) about the rookies uh, not a lot of news to cover, so we'll be able to dive in. Wide receivers, tight ends today.
4: I want to let everybody
2: know that sure. I'm in a good mood. I want to let I want to let everyone here know. Thank
4: kind of... God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I am so happy to hear that, Jason. Yeah. yeah. Thank I'm, you for sharing.
2: I'm happy to share it. Um, I just want to get that out of the way. Is I want it because to... you're sending a different message physically? Because, no, it's because I think the rest of the show is going to be like, man, what is wrong with Jason? Uh, you're i got a front. lot of negativity on today's show. I mean, we're gonna talk about a lot of prospects I don't like,
3: okay and wow. that's a preview I didn't expect, yeah,
4: like yeah, is
3: like, that because they're not named Bijan <laughs> yeah wait, wait, he's not on this episode uh, <laughs> uh just got done with the first dynasty podcast episode yesterday,
4: and you you mean that because no, I, it, like it the long. recordings might still be going on,
3: yeah, that is the dynasty running back podcast, right that yes. is uh, it's running backs every week, is that what you're covering or did you actually get through them? All?
2: We could cover them every week. We, we yeah. got through a ton. We went much much deeper than we did on uh the last main episode here. So if you want to hear about far more of the prospects, you can uh you know, just search for the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty show and that's where we cover it. But it was an 80-minute episode, so So check that out, Fantasy
3: Footballers Dynasty, Spotify, Apple. It's a delight. I will add. It
1: truly is.
3: And so uh and and it uh scratches your dynasty itch. Or you know yeah, yep. just to you know, <laughs> That's what they say. To come up with another oh, way man. to
4: put it. My dynasty has been itching. Yeah. Oh,
2: huh? oh man. You know? Yeah, you might want to go to a doctor. Hey, do
3: they have a cream for that? I don't no, know. They a, got a podcast. But they have a podcast. <laughs> have a podcast. Listen um, to two of these
2: and call me in the morning. <laughs>
3: it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh what else is going on Twitter at the FF Ballers, the community's over at jointhefoot.com. You can get an extra show over there, the footcast, which we'll be recording this afternoon and uh lots of good stuff going on. We have a quick question and I was thrilled to see this one in here before the show. Because uh I just want to talk about this player, but Andrew in British Columbia writes in. He says, mm. "I haven't heard A lot of talk about Rashad White this offseason. With uh, Lenny gone, what do you think the range of outcomes are for White? Where does he rank among running backs in redraft? I have been kind of dying to talk about Rashad White. I don't know where you two stand in the uh, kind of talent evaluation category. Last year, you definitely saw some games that were, I think, a sign of what Could be to come for Rashad White. He's a third-round draft pick last year. Leonard Fournette will not be the running back in Tampa Bay. And so there's going to be an opportunity here for Rashad White. And, you know, we're going to – is it next week, Brooks, we're going over our top 20 running backs, like uh, early rankings? Yes, sir. So, you know, I saw him in that list. And, you know, he's a player that I I put on that category of maybe – you know this could be a top 24 guy this could be a, a top 15 guy if things went the right way and i think a lot of that has to do with his ability to do it all
2: yeah obviously his success last year came in the in the receiving game he was not very effective or efficient he was very disappointing to me because when you talk about the talent evaluation um of Rashad White i i thought he was a an explosive athlete who would do better on the ground was it the, than he did.
4: Was it the 3.7 yards per attempt yeah, that the, he averaged the, on the ground? Yeah,
2: the 3.7 yards per attempt were pretty not great, and then he made up for it by, uh, you know, look, he caught 50 passes. He had 58 targets. That's great, and obviously he was a, a limited player as far as snaps because Leonard Fournette was there. So now with Leonard Fournette gone, there is clearly an opportunity here for him to step up. I am a little bit more negative on my outlook towards him for two reasons. Oh, you reasons. already previewed that. Right. Already I, knew that I, was I gave be people the case. a heads up. I'm still a happy man, but he's not having Tom Brady throw the ball umpteen billion times and check it down to the running back all day long. So, the pass catching that saved him last year from his ineffective running, I think disappears and... They currently are one of the highest odds. That doesn't odd make any sense. That, Why that, would it
3: disappear? Because Leonard Fournette caught seventy-five balls himself. He,
4: but you're the one who's been talking about how Tom Brady was the reason that all those things were happening. But it's not. A, it, it
3: doesn't go from like something to nothing at the. If he's the starting running back on this team with pass catching chops, and mind you, ran better on the ground than Lenny did. We know what that offensive line was last year. It was uh, a
2: disaster. I certainly see the 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 path towards great fantasy production but uh the vegas markets right I mean, now you said
3: disappear which that's what i took issue with is the idea that he's, he's not going go to go he's going n- to become the starter and somehow lose all of his receiving work
2: i think he can become the starter and lose total receiving work he can have lower receptions next year as the full-time starter than he had in the 47 percent of snaps he played this last year that's that's my outlook With the quarterback change there, but also this is a team that I mean we're we're a couple weeks away from the draft as of this recording, but they have pretty high odds to go after a running back in replacement of Leonard Fournette. So TBD to see who they add to the team, but I don't believe they'll go in with the depth chart as it stands now.
4: No, I'm trying to pull it up. I mean it's like yeah. So you have Rashad White who will be the leader. You have wait Chase Edmonds ended up on that team. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, Chase I Edmonds. totally forgot about he's that. He's hanging out for camp. Okay. So, that's this is the depth chart. Chase Edmonds, Keyshawn Vaughn still managing to hold on to that team. Uh and then Patrick Laird from from uh, Miami Fame, he's he's holding on there. They are 100% adding a body to that depth chart. How high up in the draft we shall see. Um I chuckled over here because Andy was like, well, he, you know, he ran better than Leonard Fournette. I'm like, that's him. That's impossible. Three, eh, seven. Leonard Fournette was at 3.5. That was, that was a disaster. Um, and I had missed, we were doing this as our quick question or I would have pulled it up, but it's like, it has Baker Mayfield ever shown us that this is how he likes to play football of, of checking it down frequently to the running back position. Cause Tom Brady, that's been his mo. His it's essentially his entire career is this is what he did. He would everything's really really short. Occasionally they'll, they'll they'll go over the top, but it's just such a it's such a specific Tom Brady trait to throw to the quarterback that much. So I'm, to the I'm running back. or uh, yes, thank you to the running back position. That it, I would have my concerns there. And if and if he's getting fifty receptions again, but he's not adding in a bunch of carries on the ground, it won't be great so I I guess I'm more pessimistic I just
3: feel like he's in the same situation that Ramondre's in right now where you lost your incumbent banger and right now you don't have anybody else on the depth chart but
4: I believe Ramondre is good I don't know if Rashad White is good okay so that I guess that's what it comes down to if I, I didn't on the field it was it was fine
3: all right so we uh you know, I, I, we'll go over it on Monday. We'll talk, or on Tuesday, we'll talk through the top 20. Um, Rashad won't be there, but he's one of those players that will have a starting opportunity next year as it sits right now. ultimatedraftkit.com if you want to check out the Dynasty Pass, let's talk news.
2: News and notes from around the league.
3: Not a lot, but we have music.
4: They're back, baby! Welcome to Arizona! Dominating the off-season headlines with good stuff. I mean, we didn't really need to talk about this other than
3: the opportunity to play the music, but... Yada, yada, yada. Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell. Accused of cheating. Accused of... (laughs) Workplace misconduct of various sorts, which, I mean, look, that fits the bill considering they had, um, well, let's see, they had a general manager who was suspended for extreme DUI. Yeah, Uh, They've had uh, several issues with front office and coaching personnel being suspended, fired, and uh, they're being sued by Steve Wilks actively right now, former head coach.
4: Yep. So the big one that's going on right now, though, is said – uh, suspended GM, who uh, former general manager Steve Kime was suspended, I think, five weeks or so, So, and he, it was a suspension of no contact with the team. Well, this former em- Cardinals employee is accusing Michael Bidwell of saying that Bidwell instructed him to get a burner phone to Steve Kime so that they could remain in contact but keep it off of the books why the reason we're talking about it again, to just to to crap on the Cardinals, but two, if this moves forward and there is some proof of this, this will be draft picks or a draft pick or draft picks taken away from the Arizona Cardinals.
3: Yeah, I mean i I don't know what's gonna come of this yeah, overall. We're, we're, I mean, it, it's early days. Um, I think I think unless a bunch of other people come forward, right now, there's probably not a lot to worry about, but. Who knows? Just more dysfunction in an organization that was ten and two and being talked about as a Super Bowl contender, and from that moment on has been a catastrophic off the cliff train wreck.
2: It's all right, guys. I think we have the highest odds of getting the number one pick this yes. year. So as, that's pretty sweet. As, as long as they hold on to it. Assuming and, it's not.
4: Take it away. Just remember after it was after the Green Bay game, you know, a couple years back. That's when Al Borland just I mean, posterized us. He just dunked all over us. Ever since that moment, that's when everything really fell apart. Yeah. So I mean, it- do you take credit for the demise of the Arizona Cardinals, Al Borland? I
2: take no credit. No.
3: How about the demise of the Packers? Yeah. I Oh-oh. take no credit for that either. <laughs> uh, all right. And then the Patriots have been shopping Mac Jones.
2: Yeah, that's been reported by Mike Florio. It's been disputed by the Patriots but obviously I think uh, in the end it's the Patriots aren't sitting there thinking Mac Jones is the uh, is going to be the quarterback that leads them to success on a big second contract
3: yeah and that'd be a huge problem for them to commit to him then because they if he's good enough but not great then you feel back to that's the worst
4: spot to be in
3: rather zap 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 right or make a trade or I don't know Lamar Jackson's there. You know, if anybody wants him, maybe go get him. Yeah. Uh, Anything else, Brooksy? No, sir. Okay. All right. Um, It is time. Let's jump into those rookies.
2: Hey, rookie. Welcome to the NFL.
3: All right, we just covered the running back position, the quarterback position on Tuesday's episode. We're overviewing the wide receivers and tight ends today. If you want that deep dive, you can go into the Dynasty show. 80 minutes of running backs.
4: Yes. It'll fix the itch. Yeah, it will do that. So, Wide, wide receivers is next week, Yeah. right? Yeah. Correct. Yes.
3: And we do mean all next week. It'll be recording starting Monday morning and <laughs> – the show will end friday afternoon no the wide receiver position let's let's dig in and i i'm really you know i was excited about this show until i knew that these negative bombs were going to come dropping out of the sky from jason oh i'm sorry but now i just i just want to know who sucks
2: well we'll get to them. look we're going to start with a couple guys i really like so we'll we'll bring some uh positive sugar in here
3: <laughs> okay is there
2: a negative sugar? Positive sugar? sugar? Is it, is some it, positivity, some so sweetness, some uh, syrup, time? some
4: sugar, some, all those things. Some ionized sugar. Yeah, <laughs> some electrons. Uh. <laughs> electrons? You mean electrolytes? Some electrons, some neutrons, maybe a, maybe a proton or two. Proton. Protons are positive, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah,
3: that's where I was going. <laughs> there we go. That's right. You said positive. I was trying to get into the science.
4: Science!
3: Um, I talk football for a living. I mean, this is, <laughs> I got close enough. <laughs> Those are all part of an atom or something, right? Yeah. Okay. Nailed it. All right. Uh, a reminder, and I'll say this at the top, we are talking about our rookie rankings in as much as how they affect fantasy football. You know, this is a, uh, a time when draft pundits are out there communicating about the talent and ability of all these wide receivers. Everything that they're talking about is in relation to where they might, you know, stack up from a talent perspective. We are looking at it through the lens of fantasy football, and those things are often directly aligned, but not always. And you saw that last episode talking about Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Saw some people thinking we were making him our number one prospect in terms of NFL quarterback potential. No, we were talking about fantasy upside because he can run the football.
2: There are a lot of guys who have been great for their NFL teams who do not affect, you know, Tavon Austin in fantasy circles, is just a worthless player. He has not been worthless to certain NFL franchises through his career. There's plenty of players where they make an impact on the field, on a couple of big plays, on special teams, and in, in a number of important ways that help get Ws that do not matter for fantasy football, and we don't care about them. So our rookie rankings begin with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Wide receiver out of Ohio
3: State. And, um, Jason, you you said it? We're starting with some guys that you really like. What's not to like about JSN?
2: Uh, I mean, you want a faster 40? yeah, that (laughs) right? You want him to play on the outside a little bit more? Maybe those are like the two knocks that you hear. But when I watch his game, there's nothing on film I don't like. He's always open. He's got great hands. He's got great body control. Uh, He's an excellent route runner. He's quick and explosive he's productive, he's young, uh, to me he is uh, a locked-in, guaranteed prospect of success. That doesn't mean he's Jamar Chase and he's going to be Justin Jefferson and be a superstar for fantasy, but I see him as an extremely safe prospect. But I do see upside. I do see upside of him being you know, a, a, a top-six NFL fantasy wide receiver, in the future, that's not necessarily where I project him at, but I I think he is a rock-solid prospect.
4: As a sophomore, just absolutely dominant, cause, and that was in 2021. 2022, uh, season completely lost to injuries, so we have to go back to, to 2021, where he had 95 catches, over 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns, and this was playing on the field alongside first-round wide receivers Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and yet they... Not not all three of them played every single game, so some production came, you know, when those guys weren't on the field. Some came when just one of them were on the field. But you cannot deny those numbers. I mean, those are absolutely electric. And you have you have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both. When asked of who was the best wide receiver on that team, they both say it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. the 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 knock is the slot snaps. How will that translate? Because in that breakout campaign, he was in the slot 90% of the time. 90% of his snaps were there. Now, the name Justin Jefferson, that's the big hope. Because his huge year, his final year of college production, Justin Jefferson was in the slot nearly 99% of his snaps. And that's, I think, why he fell in the draft compared you know, to the other big wide receivers who got drafted that year. But things are changing. So Joe Jefferson's number at ninety nine. Jalen Waddle was a sixty eight percent slot wide receiver back when he had his really big year in college. So that's your hope. Your hope is that JSN turns into a Justin Jefferson type because I mean, like, like uh, physically speaking, they aren't that different of size and stature. And and the the way they
2: move is somewhat similar. I don't know if you guys, when when you scouted, which games you looked at. But there was a Nebraska game, and there was a specific play, a toe-tap touchdown. It is one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life. It, the, the ball was thrown basically out of the back of the end zone, and he goes, and he jumps out of the end zone. I mean, he's nowhere near the paint. It's like the, the announcers are like, oh, incomplete. The two refs right next to him, they wave it off. Incomplete. And then you look at the replay and he go-go gadget stretched (laughs) one foot back into the bounds right before his body hit the – it was unbelievable body control. He can do some really special things, and while you know we can't just say he's going to be Justin Jefferson and be able to move to the outside and dominate there, this NFL, you got Cooper Cup, who might be even better than Justin Jefferson in fantasy, who's in the slot. You got Amon Ross St. Brown, who's dominating from the slot. Keenan Allen, I'm not worried about the slot thing. He's a great talent. Hopefully, you know the ceiling is is limitless, but his floor is pretty high to me.
3: Is there any chance he's not the first wide receiver off the board in, in
4: the, the NFL, NFL draft? draft? Um, a chance, sure. Okay, be- because there's, uh, I think that mostly comes down to Quinton Johnston from uh, uh, TCU because he's pro, he's more prototype uh, NFL wide receiver to a lot of these GMs. Bigger player, you know, just a size, speed freak, and played on the outside. That would be. The that's the only way I see it happening.
3: Uh, I just remember scouting Garrett Wilson and Chris Lave, but having your eyeballs drawn yes. to JSN throughout that scouting process. And that's kind of what you had to do because last year was a lost season. That's one thing I haven't seen brought up almost at all. Like I think it's being conceded almost at least in the circles that I've been reading articles about and listening to people. Is there no concern about injury? Is there no concern about the lost season? Uh, or is everybody just viewing this through the lens of of kind of like what we saw with Jamar Chase where he didn't play football for a long time and it didn't matter.
2: Yeah, I mean Jamar Chase took the year off that was the 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 covid time. This was different because it was injury and so you can worry about injury and and honestly there were worries about injury. He was um going into pre-combine uh you know, sports books, he was the third uh to be drafted at the wide receiver odds wise. But then the combine came and he destroyed it with his yes. explosiveness. And you went, "Oh, he's fully healthy." I mean, he was like ninety eighth percentile on some of his explosion stuff. So, I the think- combine wasn't even around after he got done with it. That's how <laughs> he's he's just, he just he just <laughs> con- burned it up. Cones were everywhere in yeah. the streets. So it, it was a lost season. It wasn't a good twenty twenty two. That's why going into this early, you know, January. February, I think people were down on JSN, but the more that we've gone back and remembered Com- that tape... The Combine fixed it. When we left last year, yeah. we were, as a group, talking already about, well, we know next year there's this Bijan guy and there's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. That, that, was, that was a year ago, and nothing has changed from their talent.
3: Yeah, I think there was definitely a, a point in time where Jason was probably going to be the number one pit in rookie drafts mm-hmm. after you know he he was going back. So... Um, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with number two on our list.
2: This episode is brought to you by better help. Some things may seem small at the time, but when you keep them inside, when you keep everything bottled up,
0: and replacement cost coverage comes standard. That means damaged items are repaired or replaced, even if they cost more today than they did when you bought them, which could put your wallet at ease To Tap the banner or visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply.
3: All right, number two on our rookie rankings. Recently... And he moved to number 2 on my personal rankings.
4: Ah, you have joined us. Is it do you are you yep. both there?
3: Yep. So, Jordan Addison out of USC um is now number 2 I guess on all three of our rankings at the wide receiver position. I think the draft capital will be very good for Jordan Addison. That's uh part of the focus I think. And just smaller player, hyper skilled, movement skills off the chart. Why do you have him at number two, and, and has, have you wavered there with the likes of Quentin Johnston or others?
2: He's been locked into my number two spot. The only time that I wavered was when he literally stepped on a scale and was 173 pounds. He wavered. He, it was he was, because there was a slight breeze. Right. It was He was a wafer um, <laughs> on the scale. and So that is the big knock, right? You don't usually have guys with his height and weight be super uber successful. But you also don't usually have guys his height and weight drafted in the first round. You don't have guys his height and weight who are the Belitnikov Award winner for being the best wide receiver, which not this past year, but the year prior he was. Reminds a lot of people of Devonta Smith in that in that way. You know, everyone was talk about his BMI won't work because historically people with that BMI they are terrible and they suck. Well, again, historically people with the, that BMI. They're not drafted high, and they don't do in college what he did. He is a special wide receiver, and so I kind of have had to wash my hands of the weight when it comes to him. Mike, one of your things to remember on the things to remember episode was that wide receiver weight is changing a lot over the last four or five years. Lighter, faster wide receivers are getting more regular play in this modern NFL, and I think that it fits the skill set of Jordan Addison. The reason I've got him up high not only does is he extremely productive 2 years ago at Pitt 100 receptions 1593 um receiving yards and 17 touchdowns but it's the way he moves he's he's I, an unbelievably good ex, like explosive route runner who just gets open and has a good feel for the game
3: i'm trying to think of first round wide receivers over the last 10 years or so that were in this size and did have success. You brought up Devontae Smith. Was Hollywood a first round pick? Yes, he was. Yes. Uh-huh. And Hollywood was very undersized, mm-hmm. but high draft capital. I think the not just a pure burner category is probably an important. I mean, I'm just kind of thinking through this because you have had the uh, John Rosses and the Henry Ruggs um, and some of uh, those lighter frame but just burner type of you know, combine. 40 guys yeah but Hollywood's another example of somebody that wasn't necessarily prototypical that has made a mark and made a mark as a rookie right away and he was
2: undervalued yep if you think about the way fantasy drafts went um, Jahan Dotson last year was undervalued you know you you'd get him in the second round of your rookie drafts when he was a first round NFL draft pick and then what'd he do just got a bunch of touchdowns and was really good on the field yeah, and you, and you hope you don't – I mean, there there have been some
3: whiffs in that category, and you brought one up already today, unbeknownst to you, but Tavon Austin. I mean, Tavon Austin was a first-round pick that yep. – not a f- great fantasy impact. But Jordan Addison is a – I think he's an elite wide receiver. And, he has elite ball skills. He, he can get separation, and I think we still don't measure separation – uh, well enough. I think in the scouting process, and you see players that get to the NFL level and and surprise people.
4: Yeah, there's there's players that are just smarter than people, and that's that's a very difficult thing to get on an analytic spreadsheet for us nerds. Of like, well, how are you really that much smarter? And because when you're when you're Jordan Addison and you're working with a tenth percentile, uh, height adjusted speed score, that's not great like the if he truly is drafting the first which by all accounts he should be it will be a pretty wild thing that a a wide receiver of his stature who doesn't have elite athleticism a team is going to trust their future in them with a with a first-round pick it's pretty wild but the production is it's off the charts over the past two years you know almost three uh, yards per route run which for the the for for that stat, that's incredible. like that's a really, really high number to be uh, averaging over the past two years to go from Pittsburgh where he you know he he won the award like Jason said, decides to transfer to go to to USC and it sounded like that was a a a difficult situation with like the coaching. I think there was some people not getting along there, so he wanted out. Goes and he has a great year over at USC. Just his his first year in that system, working with a brand new quarterback, brand new offensive coordinators and system, and everything. So the fact that he has dominated multiple years in a row we will get that draft capital. I'm very excited for Jordan Addison for fantasy football.
3: Um, let's talk about number three on our list, Jason. Are we are we entering a new category <laughs> of your negativity here, or, or let us know when? Yeah, when. So- We've, it gets somber. I don't know if we have lights for that. Is we're going anything... down the
2: staircase here. Obviously, as we go down the rankings, we go down a little bit, and I've skipped one step. Okay, I've uh, you know I. That's I, a bold move going is so, down the stairs. You don't want to do it, but I have to do it. And so I've skipped a step going down. It's easy to trip and fall. Well, I'm going to be skipping several steps soon, so (laughs) I'm living dangerously. A broad jump down the stairs. One of the
3: things I can't stand about Jason is that he doesn't like the guys at the bottom of his rankings as much as the guy at the top. Right, right. I mean, every single time you build rankings, you like the top guys more. Uh, Quentin Johnston, (laughs) TCU, uh, behemoth of a man. Number three by default. Number three. Look, I... I will get out of the way. I will let you skip the step. But I I believe the draft capital and the physicality of Quentin Johnston, his size, his explosiveness, uh, his ability to, you know, what is he, 98th percentile uh, explosive score, and he can leap 6'3", 208. I think it's going to translate so easy to the NFL level, and he's going to be drafted with the capital – That makes him relevant right away. Um, You know, I don't think I see him much different than the way maybe I was looking at Traylon Burks last year. Uh, I I think that that might be a similar viewpoint, which was kind of like, look, it's not my favorite player to ever come out at wide receiver. But neither was, uh, who am I thinking of with Carolina? Big boy. Who got real big. Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. It was like that rookie year for Kelvin Benjamin was a was an outstanding year I think touchdowns are gonna come easy to Quentin johnston uh so I just think he is he's somebody that if the draft capital was that much higher than addison I'd flip him back real quick okay so let, let me put it that way and then you guys he was can talk your about- number
2: two and addison was your number three that's how it was before the recent change
3: yes okay. yes and I just I just have more confidence in addison uh and the impression he's making on teams NFL teams to where I think that that draft capital will be very very close. If not, you know, much better than than Johnston. But it's just it comes down to what team is looking for what what piece, and they don't want to make a mistake. And I think all three of these guys might go first round.
2: Yeah, I I, I believe all three will be drafted in the NFL first round. Quentin Johnston was a little bit lower for me. He was four and I moved him up to three. Watched uh more film even this morning. I like a lot of what I see on Quentin Johnston's film. And when you're talking about range of outcomes for fantasy, he has a higher, you could argue he has the highest potential ceiling of everyone in this draft class because of his physicality, because of his height and weight and ability to be a red zone threat the way that you don't presume someone like Jordan Addison would be. The only reason that Quentin Johnston is so, so low being at three is that, He does have some holes in his game. He wasn't a prolific producer, you know, sixty receptions, and he wasn't. uh, He didn't play to his size and his strength. Contested catches, we saw drops quite often. I think when it comes to the catch point with Quinton Johnston, he's got some work to do. Um, His it's funny. He has this one move. I don't know if you guys picked up on this. or or cared about it as much as I did. He's got a lot of yards after the catch, and that's been talked about a lot. It's almost always, it's like he's got this one move. where oh, he, goes co- to, he goes to the bag of tricks and there's one trick? Yes, there's one trick. Oh, he co- he's coming back to the ball, and he catches it, and then he does like a spin move to his right. It's always the same direction, gets him every time. It's like, I feel like in the NFL he's going to need a few more tricks than just that one. So there's some holes in his game, but there's a lot of talent uh and and you know his his explosiveness will allow him to have big plays high ceiling for fantasy i i would certainly draft him as my third wide receiver
4: yeah he's he's very confusing to me because he is the most prototypical like i said of the wide receivers we're talking about but for a guy to have you know of of contested targets the lowest catch percent of anyone that we are going to talk about on this show. We're talking over the past 2 years, uh Q has caught 40 and a 40.5% of his contested targets. That's not good when you're supposed to be this big behemoth of, like that's your game is I'm big, I'm going to play big. Well, those are that's playing small, that's that's playing weak. And then you have the drop rate up near 10 percent uh as well like there there's there's some very scary things about him as uh on top of things that are just very very alluring
3: I yeah I I think one thing that should be mentioned about him at least on film is that he could get lost in a secondary like he would get behind the defense and he's faster than I think people give him credit for uh when you talk about you know, catch him with your body. I know that's a criticism he he receives. Um, you know, watching him at the combine, going up to get some balls. Look, you can you can catch it with your body if you're you're cradling a bomb from your quarterback and you're 20 yards behind the defense. I I think that he's going to be one of those, those players drops. that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, I think he's going to be one of those players that just maybe isn't as flashy. Maybe isn't the you know we don't have that Jamar Chase specimen this year. Uh, Johnson's not as big as like a player that maybe he'd get comp to, like a Vincent Jackson who was a little bit taller, a little bit heavier, like we're looking at Quentin Johnson, but we're also stacking him up against j s n and against Addison and some of these smaller right. guys, and yeah, he's the biggest of the bunch but he's also not Calvin Johnson. He's not Vincent
2: Jackson. No, it, despite what college profiles said about him. He was supposed to be 6'4", 700 pounds. I don't know why these <laughs> college programs are allowed to say anything they want about the size, the height, and weight of their players, it's but they've so got to weird. regulate that because
4: it's never, ever true. Like, what What do you weigh? Tell them 225. Like, the NFL's going to find out. Like They're, they're not just going to take the word of the school. Like He's 225. Don't bother checking. Yeah. Just just believe it.
2: Um, I, I do think Johnston is boom bust. I can see him being great, and I can see him being one of these bigger-bodied wide receivers that ha- that that does struggle. I saw someone comp him to Brashad Perryman, and I was like... Yeah, that'd be bad. Ooh, that's a <laughs> pretty good comp. He's fast, he's big, he's... I think boom bust is right, drops. though, because you're,
3: you're going to have... This is not a 120-reception type of player. No. He doesn't profile to do that. So... Uh, let's move on, though. Let's talk about uh, – I'm surprised he came in at four here. Is this our spiciest take of the show? I Jalen don't... Hyatt, Tennessee junior. I mean, I've seen him all over the map from those that have scouted and evaluated the wide receiver position. I think four is high compared to what I'm used to
2: seeing. Usually you've got um, – Do least you have eight... him at four, Mike? I do not. I okay. do. But... I, yeah, I
4: have – I let me, let me double check where I think I had him at five, so it was not like I'm not. You guys are yeah. I'm at currently at five. He is uh to me the
3: like I have had him ranked as high as as two in this draft class this offseason. You do
4: like you some Jalen Hyatt
3: and I have questioned a lot about myself <laughs> and like as this and, and and part of it is just the risk of like look this guy might not have the draft capital to back that up at all, but on film. One of my favorite wide receivers to watch from this entire rookie wide receiver class. He, he. Was, I think he possesses some elite traits and abilities, and uh, I think he's he might surprise some people.
2: Yeah, he was outstanding this last year. Fifteen touchdowns, twelve hundred and sixty-seven yards was you know one of the the absolute best wide receivers. He, he watched the Alabama last year's game. Belinikov won the the Alabama oh game. God. Oh man, two hundred seven yards. Five touchdowns against Alabama. I don't think anyone's ever done that against Alabama before. Um, he, he is very, very fast. Honestly, his this should tell you what you need to know about his skill set. He ran a 4-4 at the combine, which is a very fast speed, and dropped in everyone's eyes. He It was a massive disappointment when he ran a 4-4 because when you watch the film, he's behind everyone. Always he can run away from everyone. And you just thought he's going to come in and run a four, three. So there was a little bit of disappointment there, but on film, he was great. There are little as well. I was going to say, there are some red flags. The reason he's, you know, not higher. He's also 176 pounds. um, Also runs a lot through the slot. So maybe he's hopefully more like a Tyler Lockett type of player that can get open quickly, get down with a smaller frame, but he did find space he is young, but he only had the one year of production. He really came from, you know, t- two years ago, 21 receptions, 226 yards, and then just exploded this last year. Even though I can't stand the way he holds his head down when he runs. <laughs> I had, to get, that had this, to get that on the show. Let's <laughs> just talk
3: about this, which, by the way, I mean, we only have one year of JSN as well, to be fair. Uh, but, sure. But when we're scouting Jalen Height, Jason cannot handle – Something about his running posture, where Jason thinks a skeleton is not shaped he's, right or he's, something.
2: He's like got the little neck hunch over thing where his his head is down <laughs> he's and forward. Protecting his neck. I think I mean, this guy a, has is a is cell a, phone problem. I really do. Oh, uh, oh I believe swiping. he is spending ten to twelve hours a day on his cell phone, and his his neck posture is a real. It's oh, going to be a, a problem when a, he gets permanent older. Thing? I, absolutely he takes that helmet off maybe his hair is too heavy i don't know what it is but he can't hold is this on your no,
3: like if you were at the combine and you're making notes with the interview
2: I, I wonder if it is actually in my notes well, oh let's take a look All because right, I'll, I'll pull it up
3: jason has exclaimed in the office multiple
2: times as a, <laughs>
3: it's in there my notes
2: says runs with his head stupid <laughs> yep it's in there i mean he yeah spare no uh so uh,
4: I like him, but he does run with his head stupid. So a a, a a pretty big difference of the one year of Jalen Hyatt and the one year of Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh Jackson did that when he was nineteen years old and Hyatt did it where he was almost twenty one. So I mean like that's when your breakout age so 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 Hyatt's breakout age is not where we prefer to see it. We prefer to see guys breaking out in their uh, in their year nineteen, Mike, it
3: is as early as he was
4: able to do it. I well, Listen, that's the problem. He, but, he
3: decided it's but, time. But that's and then, the
4: problem. And and if for those at home, if you're you're like, well, why does that matter? Well, because if you're a if you're like an eighteen or nineteen year old and you're beaten up on young twenty year olds in the NCAA, that's a that's far more uh, indicative of of you being a true talent. As opposed this, to being the old person beating poor, up on the kids. This poor 21 year old old person, old for college breakout. I, I just, I understand. I'm just saying that. Dude, I understand. I like him too. I mean, I have him at five right now. The uh, looking at you know NFL mock draft database, they have him projected currently right around 39, uh, which second so I put, so it puts him at the top of the second round. But uh, I'm, booking team, I'm booking a room. I'm
3: booking a room.
2: You got to keep in at mind the at the I'm at the high. Oh, I see what you did. You got to keep in mind, Mike, when he was in his age 20 season, he couldn't break out because his uh, teammate across the field was 45 years old. Valus Jones <laughs> was an old man on the field,
4: uh, so he was I, playing wait, ahead of him. I forgot. So he was a vol. Velas was Tennessee. Yeah. What are they? And they got my my boy Hendon. Would they just keep the grandpas down there? What are they doing? To keep the grandpas in Tennessee,
3: <laughs> they like the, the grandpa, the, they age them,
4: the, the collegiate grandfathers.
3: Look,
2: he this grandpa won the award for best wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, he did. He in, did, and you in cannot college. take that away. And this production is in the SEC, so he's doing it against you know, Alabama <laughs> cornerbacks that he's going to find in the NFL.
3: But the head stupid thing is the also head is a, a big, big problem, concern, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh dear goodness! All right, Zay Flowers comes in at five. Boston College, can't wait to hear what Mike thinks about this 22-year-old. 22 and a half. I mean, is, that, um, is he in a home?
4: No, <laughs> it, well, his breakout age was 20. one eighty two. So younger than Hyatt's. 5'9", is small. Yeah. What what constitutes a
3: collegiate breakout in your mind, then?
4: Their breakout age? Uh, I don't have the... Because I'm, I'm curious so it's a, what the... So our, our uh, analytics are looking for a 20% dominator rating, which is, a dominator rating would be a combination of total team yards and total team touchdowns.
3: Okay. 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 Uh, Zay Flowers? Super easy to do. Yeah. Uh, for old people. For old people. <laughs> what do you think of Zay?
2: I like Zay... As, oh good because i like him i like zay as an actual wide receiver how far down the steps are we getting uh just just one more step down in, in fact i would say hyatt and zay flowers i'm staying on the same step zay flowers is a better wide receiver than hyatt uh, as far as just well-rounded a, a, a very good route runner he is very smart you watch you know you, mike you just talked about it a little while ago there are players that you can't you can't track it on your spreadsheet, but they know how to manipulate defenders. They know how to read a zone. They know how to they know where the play is supposed to go and where to not be when it starts so that they can end up where they're supposed to be. And Zay Flowers is really, really good at that. I like Zay Flowers as a prospect. I like him for the NFL. I have worries when it comes to how he will translate for fantasy football. He doesn't dominate the way that Jordan Addison I was does. What separates him
3: from Addison? Because they seem similar to me. Uh,
2: Jordan Addison to me is a level up where he will demand targets. Um, Zay Flowers will receive targets, and uh, that's the difference to me. So, also, you know, as as silly and and minute as it is, when we're talking about this, these height, these weight, these reach, um. You know, you, you've got Addison is is lanky. Addison has longer arms and has a, a, a wider uh, wingspan to catch the balls. A-Flowers hey, has little tiny itty-bitty baby arms. It's kind of <laughs> like a little T-Rex out there.
4: Oh, and come on.
2: I look, I mean, I'm just saying, if, look, T-Rex, he's a, he's a monster. He's going to kill some people <laughs> out there. But not with his arms. And so I don't, you know, Zay Flowers, I, I worry about how he will Are they going to let him
4: catch with his mouth? This is a Jack Doyle situation all over again. <laughs>
2: <The> baby arms. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that to Zay Flowers yet because I do like him as a prospect. I think he's uh, a, a quality player. He had three really productive years. Uh, smaller, but he's fast. Ran a 4 4 2. To me, you're hoping that he can be a Brandon Cooks type. And I think that he's probably going to move to the inside. Guys, this body type will not stay on the outside and succeed often in the NFL. So there's some translation from, you know, something different than what he did in college. And so there's just some concerns about whether or not he'll be able to put up enough fantasy points. Josh Downs at six. Too high. Not a fan. I jumped. Five, nine, one, seventy one.
3: Is yeah, I, a, I, I jumped off just...
2: the stairs. I'm down on the ground. <laughs> you are. I just don't. You're I don't downs like, on I, him. Yeah, I'm downs <laughs> on Josh. Um, Boston. I know a lot of people that you know. I, I see it online. Josh Downs is better than Zay Flowers. They're 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 similarly sized, even though Josh Downs is even smaller. Kyle is crying. Kyle, right now. Kyle what is the take that you just shared with
3: us? On he was Slack?
2: T- he was too productive for you, Jason. Was that it? <laughs> is that the problem? Yes, he was too productive for me. the Last two he broke seasons, out at twenty. He had 101 receptions for 1,335 yards. He had 94 receptions for 1,029 yards. Those are great, productive seasons. And if I was just a spreadsheet bro, I think I would really, really like Josh Downs. But he's not a great route runner. He plays so weak. There's a lot of manufactured uh, plays for him that produce in the stat sheet that will not work uh, in the NFL. And I just think he is too small and too weak to be relevant for fantasy. The, I mean, you know, you look at, there's a lot of super productive players that put up mind blowing numbers in college that are just, you know, the, their, their body is made for college, not for the NFL. Danielle Pumphrey Aww. says, what? And so, <laughs> yeah, I'm out on Josh Downs.
1: Uh, but I, I know have...
2: I'm not, I am, I am, uh, you know, I'm in the minority there. A lot of people love Josh Downs. So you guys can. If you have nice things to say, talk him up, because I don't want the Foot Clan to just hear my take and say, oh, then I have to not draw, draft Josh Downs. I could be wrong I think that he's, I believe I'm not.
3: I think he profiles as a fine 2-3 type of wide receiver at the NFL level, which doesn't make me super excited about him as a fantasy uh, prospect. I will say, since we're getting to the category of other names to mention. I'm moving him down.
4: I, so Downs? Downs.
3: I like Marvin Mims more.
2: Me too. I really like Marvin Mims and M and M's and Cedric Tillman. <laughs> uh,
4: I I think how are you gonna just gloss over the M and M's joke with a, with Cedric? Don't bring Cedric Tillman into this yet. <laughs> Sorry. Respect the joke. Okay, that's pretty good. It good. was. You uh, do
2: like? Oh, uh, there was a little.
4: Both of those things.
2: Yes. And well, the
4: peanut butter kind. The peanut oh, butter. Peanut butter oh, is Oh, the, My goodness gracious. Uh,
2: are,
3: are we out on peanut? i'm fine i'm, ex- I'm okay good, right? peanut i'm okay is I'm... a
2: solid third option of m&m's the only oh, problem just, number two wait what no, is no... Say, what's that i'll take classic number... what oh classic yeah what... i'm going peanut butter m&m's classic M&Ms, you don't like the krispies peanut m&m's oh well krispies are a little bit too niche to go into the main rankings if we're including niche. that, that... <laughs> niche that's like um got it that's like playing an idp if we're adding oh really if we're adding it's not mainstream enough to be ranked exactly right but if i'm playing in one of those leagues we don't think we've got the crispy crunches up at number two the, crispy. Well, what are
3: the what are the main the main uh, this is a real big deterrent uh, <laughs> not E-Tour. a sponsor no not at all um of either marvin mims or m&ms but what are the mains then that you can rank is it just classic peanut and i mean almonds right is there's, there almond almond it is? there's almond m's.
4: There's almond m's. I don't know. Should be that's like news that's to too, me. Too there's big probably, to fit in an m's. M&M. They have <laughs> probably not. They have gone the Oreo route though. So there's like the like Nutella m's. There's there? caramel m's. But that, M&Ms. those are all IDP m's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are IDP. No, just stick with the peanut butters. All
3: right. Well, we'll go back to Marvin Mims Jr. out of Oklahoma. Another player similar to Hines. Wait. So
2: nothing nice to say about Josh Downs? Or where well, are we done? The only thing we said he's, was Mike said he's moving him down. Uh, that's. I, he's
4: very productive.
2: Okay. I just am not look. He's five nine, nine one seventy. He's five nine one seventy one. When I watched the all twenty two, I could barely find him because it's zoomed out. <laughs> and the and the <laughs> oh issue here is like, God. look, Rondale Moore is exciting, oh. and he's ten pounds heavier than this guy, and he's an itty bitty guy, but he ran a four three six. Josh Downs ran a four four, four eight. eight. Yeah, at one hundred and seventy one. They do pounds. make
4: almond M they do? For the that record. sounds like Josh Towns.
2: I'm out. No, <laughs> no thank you on the almonds. Those have to be so misshapen. That's, I don't
3: know. I think you can get can't you make if almonds round, a little smaller?
2: If they are round, oh, there is they're... so much extra chocolate on the sides of those. They are not round. They're okay. like okay. egg-shaped or almonds. <laughs> Almond shaped. <laughs> <laughs> What shape does this remind <laughs> me of?
4: I,
1: I would have um, said egg yeah. shape too, Al. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll get That's your fine. back I on that I stand by it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and
3: and the peanut m ms what are those shaped like?
4: Almonds. Those are okay. Those are shaped like lumpy m ms
3: Yeah, the problem with the peanut versus peanut butter is the peanut butter are perfectly consistent, mm-hmm. whereas the peanut m ms I would say four out of five are great, and then you get one bad peanut. I mean, it's a yeah. little bit of a twist of the
2: taste. You don't want bad nuts. No, um, Marvin Mims, Marvin
3: Mims is a player uh, like Jalen Hyatt to me that jumped off when you watch the film. Uh, he's certainly not miniature like so many of these other wide receivers, you know, he's, he's not huge either, but, um, I I just liked what I saw in film. And, Jason, I know you and I share that opinion. 100%.
2: And he ran a 4.38, so that doesn't bother me either. 4.38, blazing speed, which showed up on film. He's 5'11", 183, so a little bit taller, 10 pounds heavier. And you've got a guy who is also productive, you know, right off the bat from his rookie season he comes in and has 610 yards
4: elite breakout age
2: i mean he's still he's still only 21 mike right breakout age expert <laughs> he's 21 years old after 3 productive seasons i loved the film i love the production i love the age the size and speed say that there is a place for this to work for fantasy for long bomb touchdowns and and i remember listening to a couple of scouts uh, that were talking at the combine, and they were sharing about how it seemed like teams did not want people to talk about this player. Almost like, shh, 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 don't, don't. Uh, almost talk. like, don't. M- mim's the word, right? It... Oh yes, Andy. Mim's the word. This is all I have to add to the show, but. Uh and so we'll see what his draft capital is right now you know if you go to grinding the mocks and you look at mock draft databases he's not a super high draft capital player but I wouldn't be surprised if when we leave the he's draft He's
3: a draft day shock.
2: Yeah. Yeah, people are surprised. Um the only other name I want to throw out that I really like is, is Cedric Tillman, Jamal Williams, teammate
4: moved above Josh Dalts.
2: Yeah, I, I really like Cedric Tillman in a class where you, – you'll notice, like, we just said Marvin Mims isn't an itty-bitty baby guy. He weighs 183 pounds. This is a small class. Cedric Tillman is actually a big body guy who has good body control. He's about the same size as Johnson, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's – 6'3",
3: 220
2: range?
4: Look is he 6'3"?
2: 6'3", yeah. 215. Yep. Yeah, I mean – so Guys,
4: guys. Bad breakout age. Oh, so, no. I'm sorry, well, sorry but, to be the one that has to bring it up. But remember, Tennessee. Oh, yes. I mean, so. yeah, they
3: love the grandpas. I mean, when you think about when our career really got going, Mike, we are for
4: podcasters, a good we, example. For podcasters, we had an elite breakout age. Oh, did we? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> for, but for college players, okay. Cedric Tillman, I mean, the, the there's a couple grays coming in on I the I mean, gym. there are
3: a whole bunch of players with no breakouts. And yes. They are way worse off than these late breakouts.
4: Yes. Yeah, he's he's twenty three years old,
2: so he's an older prospect. That's part of the reason. Another part of the reason why he's not as high. He dealt with injuries this last year, only played in six games. Two years ago, he was part of the thing keeping Jalen Hyatt on the sideline. He was their number one wide receiver and then got injured this last year. But when I watch film, there's nothing I don't like about him. He isn't the burner that Quentin Johnston is. He ran a four five four forty. But he is fast enough, has great body control. He actually has unbelievable hands, a great catch rate, unlike Quentin Johnston. Uh, You want to throw him contested catches, and he he also gets open. So I I really do like him. He uh, is far more likely, in my opinion, to have relevance in fantasy than some of these other small guys.
3: You guys want to talk about a couple tight ends real quick? Not really, Mike. Uh, do you have any other wide receivers that you want to throw out there? No, any?
4: Cedric Tillman was the one I wanted to make sure we okay. highlighted.
3: No, Parker Washington. No booty. Uh no. No, one shake that booty. Booty, 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 rocking or, everywhere. Or
4: booty. No, we're back. We went to booty. We, we on, went to booty. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And
3: okay. unfortunately, none of us are big on on you know.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Booty. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, Dalton Kincaid.
4: Hey man, I just
3: and uh, Michael Mayer. Uh, Dalton Kincaid. Is good.
4: <laughs> Look,
3: oh, stunning analysis. We just so except, you were saying this before the show. You were kind of just like not. Yeah, I know. In into he he tight put end hype
4: seventy for eight ninety and eight. Like cool. These are these are good numbers for a college NFL or college tight end moving into the NFL. But the just the trying to get excited about these rookie tight ends over and over and over is just is not it is not working out it's this a, is it's
3: an investment
4: yeah and the, but they you don't get
3: the payoff right there's certain this, investments this isn't can,
4: like putting into a stock though this is like these well, this is a yes, cd yes. and it's a two-year time period <laughs> yeah with like a money. one 1.5 percent return where it's like yeah when you get it back you're gonna have slightly more money and you'll maybe you'll be happy you did it in 10 years but for Jason, the next five, you know what that be... sounds
2: like? That sounds like David Njoku. Right. That sounds like Evan Ingram. That sounds like guys who were drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. O.J. up Cole Komet. Hyped up as, uh, you know, fantasy options, and then they never come to fruition. Trey McBride. <sighs> uh, yeah. I mean, the list is all of them. The list is, uh, Let me
3: ask you this. Would Carl, you rather Carl, have Cole Komet or either of these two? Like, if you could just choose Cole, that.
2: Cole Komet. I would take either one of these two over Cole Komet.
3: Okay. So I mean uh, both, these these are good so prospects. similar to one another. Their production was almost identical. Their size very similar. Um, Kincaid is older. I mean Mayer yeah. is is a couple years younger I think. Uh, but- Mayer
2: is currently 21. He's he's 21.8 years old but he has had two years of production, so he was very young when he actually broke out. And you elected him to be number one on your. Rankings, he is right? my number one. I I believe both of these tight ends are good, but I think what's important for the Foot Clan to know, if you're going into drafts, whether it's redrafts or dynasty, these guys aren't going to do anything this year, <laughs> and so don't draft them. And when you're thinking on a dynasty perspective, you're like, well, I know they're not going to do anything right now, but they are. This is a really, really good tight end class for the NFL there's going to be at least three first round tight ends there could be four I've seen one mock with five that seems a little crazy but there's a lot of talented athletic tight ends this year and there's going to be some hype around them and in your rookie drafts there's going to be people taking them probably in the first round Michael Mayer I I would say his ADP right now is the back of the first in non superflex leagues and I would just tell you don't do it that's all I'm saying is don't do it because the hit rate on any tight end and all tight ends is basically
4: 10%. He's following in the footsteps of of uh, Kyle Rudolph, right? Yeah. Rudolph went to Notre Dame, right? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, yeah come on. That's, that reference had to I mean, land Kyle, somewhere.
2: Kyle Rudolph was okay for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Man, all these guys are okay from time to time. It, no, Noah Fant, first-round pick, yeah. super athletic. He's going to be hyped How up. How do we even talk about Hayden him? Hurst. Eric Ebron, Tyler Eifert, what if you're these are first round
3: picks. What if you're committing to Marvin Mims
2: and then you want to go Michael Mayer? Oh, just Ooh. for the alliteration. Just for to I be think consistent. you can only do that if you can find someone to grab in the third. If you mm. can't complete the three round rookie draft with M and M's, then don't you know? Don't even buy, trade the pick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No. If you've only got a first and second, you could pull that off. Maybe but spend honestly, that round consuming a chocolatey product. Truly, I'm not sure that I would spend a second round pick on on these guys there are yeah. uh, you know i i've got some research know washington any hope is he's so athletic he is a behemoth mountain monster of a man so maybe he counts in in the in the third round just Six, because seven, of those two,
3: 64
2: yeah i mean he uh, i watched his I, interview he's like i used to think I bad news on the breakout age Travis. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> well look it takes a while to grow a mountain mike uh yeah the answer for him is infinity actually isn't it really quick with like a volcano because there was no true breakouts.
2: Well, right. He's not the pass catcher. He is a well rounded tight end. For fantasy purposes, Washington will get drafted in the first round, and some people will want to take uh, a shot on such a hyper athletic guy. Maybe he goes to a system where they use the tight ends and there's narratives to draft him. But in college, he, he was as much a blocker. He called himself the, Mercedes Lewis.
3: Who was the tight end that just got more money than Dalton Schultz?
4: Oh, the yeah. blocker. Oh, up in a uh, Josh Minnesota. Oliver.
3: It was Josh Oliver. Yeah, Darnell. There's your, there's your goal there. Go yeah, make I, that Josh Oliver money.
2: I've got uh, when when we eventually get to tight ends on the Dynasty podcast, I'll I'll run you through the day one, the day one and two, the total mm. tight ends and the that hit rates. Part
4: of the pod will not be eighty minutes.
2: Yeah, I will make it as quick as possible. <laughs> rip the bandit off and, and the the you know the. Too yeah, long to even... read is don't draft tight ends just just wait and grab them off waivers <laughs> trade for them once they've broken out yes don't waste your picks ten percent hit rate from the from the day one and day two guys is you know not, what I did that that's like uh, you hope what's your third round here's pick? what I did last year <laughs> your hit rate on a your third? hit round on a third round pick is probably Pro- 10, 10, probably 10, a little bit higher twelve I think two
3: years in a row in dynasty I have wait because I never have picks I have free agencyed Dulcich and then somebody else the year before and been able to flip those guys. And I didn't have to invest anything.
2: Yeah. Smart.
3: Uh, more to come in the dynasty world. Always subscribe to the dynasty podcast. Next week. You said is wide receivers. Mm-hmm. That'll be every Wednesday for those that are uh, somehow hearing about this for the first time, but uh very excited to have gone over these guys. If you want to see all the rookie rankings, They're in the dynasty pass, like not just the six we talked about at length. But you'll see where we have guys slotted in. I think at this very – I think Josh Downs is always moving down one spot. It's kind of an active (laughs) gif in Jason's rankings.
2: Josh moves Downs.
3: Yeah, and um, yeah, you can check that out. The dynasty pass and the full UDK.
2: I think I just heard Kyle move him up in his rankings uh, just to be contrarian. Just to balance the universe. You keep us whole, Kyle.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, all right, that's ultimatedraftkit.com. If you want to check that out, you heard me talk about it before. Early running back rankings countdown shows Tuesday and Thursday. And speaking of which, uh, we've we've started to work through those rankings. Maybe I'll throw this news in there, but like Austin Eckler has come out and said, "I'm eh, probably going to have to play another year with the Chargers." Yeah, I wonder why. Didn't find a lot of. Uh, he, he's no one's up.
4: trading for Austin Eckler and giving him another contract. He he straight up said um, he he goes. Teams
2: don't want to pay me ten million a year and compensate the Chargers at the same time. So he said he's probably going to have to just play. They don't give so, you ten either. I think he's so he could transparent get 10. If he, with everybody. He's, he's so wonderful. wonderful. He's a great dude. Did, and he's he, we'll take you. We'll we'll I, pay up. Uh, we're no. Foot Clan. We're going to need a little <laughs> bit more support to get Austin Eckler on board. <laughs> Uh, well, Brooks
3: has got this. Look, so some team right now, though, if they wanted to, if they just wanted to play like fantasy GM, there's a team out there they could just go like grab Lamar Jackson and grab Austin Eckler like, and then grab DeAndre Hopkins. Like yeah. you could grab those three guys uh-huh. and just completely bury your payroll. And your future. And your future and the next GM that comes. But, I mean, these GMs, they can just leave.
2: Yeah. So, have fun. Do it, someone. How cool would that be, though? That would be pretty wild. But uh, So, yeah, Eckler will – Almost definitely be back playing for the Chargers. Well, Which, that
3: matters to my early running back rankings. What about and it a, also hurts? Yeah, what? Yeah, hit yeah. it. The
1: minute. We almost made it. It's past <laughs>
4: an hour. So, and we thought we'd not talk about it. Yeah, give me, give us your take. Austin ah. Eckler is there this year. Yeah, I gotta move. I gotta move him down
2: because the Chargers were my Bijan. Uh, I gotta move the Chargers down oh, on my Bijan okay. list because the Chargers were my number one destination under the presumption that if they were to draft Bijan, they would trade and get rid of Austin Eckler. If there is not the market for him, I still believe they could go after Bijan and have the air apparent, but then year one, you would have a massive hit to both players production-wise, and it would make me a little sad. And we don't want that. We want you positive. Yeah, you don't want to see me angry. <laughs> this was me being positive.
3: Alright, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.
2: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Join our fantasy football community on jointhefoot.com and follow us on Twitter at the FF Ballers.
3: Hey there, Foot Clan. You still listening? I want to take a second and invite you to become a part of the world's greatest fantasy football community. You know them as the Foot Clan. By supporting the show at jointhefoot.com, you get access to exclusive episodes every week, access to a thriving community of 30,000 plus like minded fantasy football players, and access to special tools that help you win each week. You can learn more at jointhefoot.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing.